What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala, your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terence? Good old comrade humor, man. Good old comrade and brotherly humor, man. Yeah, not yeah, to yeah, alienate right. all the sisters out there. Um, oh yes, yes. Yeah, that's not right. to alienate the sisters and the brothers. Comrade, comrade is comrade is not uh gender not neutral. Sexist. It's gender neutral, right, comrade? I don't know. Eh? Like, have you ever heard a woman say comrade? Uh, I mean, when I lived in when I lived in communist Russia, uh, communist Russia, the, Soviet yeah. Union, the, the good old Soviet days, <laughs> the good old Soviet days. No, I don't know. I don't know. That's why I don't know. I never. It's never been used in much in our context. Uh. Yeah, that's why. Like, I mean, the first topic there was a, a surprising amount of mentions of brothers and comrades, um, which mm. we will get into. But we welcome all brothers, co- sisters, and people who don't identify as a brother or sister. Uh, on our yeah. uh, podcast listenership, that's right, that's right. But that's right, uh, yeah, how's it's been a been a while, huh? How's it? Mm. How's how's the week, man? Ah, uh, yeah, it's just it's flying, man. It's flying, it's mm. flying. It's mm. like uh, I I still remember at the start of the year, you know, when the weather was cool, felt like you mm. know there was New Year's and Chinese New Year in February and January was still like oh you know things are slowing. Now is like we are all making up for time that was spent. Uh, more chill back then, la. Yeah, heat and rain, man. That's, heat, rain, that's and then like, yeah, even like uh, like the 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 work, the companies, everything's speeding up, la. Yeah, yeah, accelerating. Shit, accelerating, almost, accelerating. Almost, yeah, yeah. When May already, and yeah, May Day, man. May Day just passed as well, man. May Day, which is actually yeah. uh the first topic we'll be talking about, but. Mm. Before that, anything anything you want to say, Terrence? I think as always, if you're, you know, first time listening to this podcast, or if you've listened to this podcast before, but you haven't taken a step of going onto Spotify or wherever your podcast provider is and leaving us a, you know, a rating or a review, please do so as that really helps us get discovered by other people who, you know, need to jump on the Yalabat bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, so yes. um, the first topic is, uh, I guess it's just a recap of um, the May Day rally by PM in, in uh, what's the word? PM in what? In waiting. PM in, in waiting. waiting. Is that an actual term? PM in waiting? Yeah. Uh, PM in waiting, uh, Lawrence Wong. I mean, in waiting is a term like, like, like you know, the... It's just the next, the next one, like the king or queen in waiting or whatever. So like, technically, right? if you go to the doctor, you're you're the patient in waiting, la. Yeah, yeah you're the, say that. Uh, the hawker center. Yeah. You're the diner in waiting when you're queuing up. Yeah, 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 yeah. In some ways, yes. I see, I see. So it's not an official term per se, la. It's just a term that no, can no, no. be used in in a myriad of situations. Yeah, yeah. It's not an official term like leader of the opposition or anything, la. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, in government, everyone is waiting for something, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're right. uh, Minister of State, you're probably, what, Minister in Waiting. Yeah, you're always something in Waiting. Something. Life is Someone just about waiting. waiting. Life is just about waiting. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but Lawrence Wong did give a speech at the May Day rally and it was the first time mm. he gave the keynote address. Uh, mm. In 2022, mm. he gave it alongside PM Lee. But this time, mm. it was his floor and he gave a speech talking about, you know, the current state of Singapore, the economic outlook and things that mm. you know to to bring up the spirits of of uh, our comrades and brothers of Singapore. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's a it's a very clear signal, right? That this is the he's he's the the head honcho from here on out, mm. He's the one delivering the speech and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the the full speech is online. It's about forty plus minutes. Um, mm. and I mean, I guess there is something about NTUC that has that comrade feel. Mm. Um, because mm. literally he starts off by saying, you know, like um. Prime PM Lee, uh, President Secretary General of NTUC. Oh, there's a sister Mary Liu. Oh, there's a mm. sister Mary Liu and brother Ng Chi Ming, uh, President yeah, of SNEF, yeah, yeah. Dr. Yap. Brothers and sisters. Oh, okay lah. So he did say sisters in the intro, but during the speech itself, there was a lot of brother Chi Ming um, mm, mm. and uh, okay lah, sisters here and there. But yeah, there's a lot of mm. brothers and sisters and comrades lah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I guess that's the classic uh, playbook, lah, right? From from speaking to unions and stuff, lah. Maybe we should start saying that on our podcast also, brother Terence. I <laughs> think, I think I feel we've made this joke before, no? Brother really? Terence, what are your thoughts? Uh, we probably have, yeah. But this sounds like the kind of joke that you would make, uh, Yeah. Uh, I take that as a neutral <laughs> comment. Not it an is, insult. It is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not an insult. Not insult. Yeah, because. Yeah. If Dave Chappelle makes a good joke, you would say, "Oh, I can see Dave Chappelle making a joke like that, lah." Oh yes, so, yes, yes, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, I yeah. can see yourself comparing yourself to Dave Chappelle. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just the first name that came to mind, lah, when I came oh, yeah, when it comes yeah, yeah. to comedians. Um, yeah, but yeah, so so generally, I mean, okay, at a high level summary, um, basically what he covered was that um, you know, starting off that the worst of COVID is over. You know, we pulled mm. through, but the outlook is is grim because uh, he did say the word grim you know with with mm. regards to the ukraine war the the geopolitics the u.s china relations worsening the global mm. trade the competition amongst countries to attract foreign talent and investments to their own country um then talking about how singapore must be ready to adapt certain things mm. about how we are not going to be able to outcompete other countries in terms of using money to attract um companies for example, how mm, much mm. you want to invest in this company's factory in your in your country, um, mm. uh, the the things that the government and NTUC is doing to help keep jobs um, sustainable, help upskill workers, um, and then he also talked about the certain concerns like, like the rising housing prices. Mm, um, mm, he talked about the the BTO prices in tandem with salary. And then he ended off by saying, you know, the relationship between NTUC and PAP must continue to be strengthened. Um, mm. And how they have mm. worked together to to help uplift Singaporeans in general. He talked about the handouts that will be coming for all Singaporeans this year. And um, yeah, he, he ended ended that way. And let me read his, his final line. Come what may, we will always be there with you, for you. We will always have your back. Solidarity forever and happy May Day, everyone. Was that a, was that come what may was that a, a do you think that was a deliberate pun from a song? No, from Mayday. I mean, it's a Mayday speech, right? Oh fuck, that's true. Huh? <laughs> I did not pick up sounds on that. Like, yeah, sounds like the kind of joke that Lawrence Wong would make. But isn't yeah. there isn't there a song <laughs> that says that has come what may in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the it's that. Uh, I mean, who who sang it? Uh, from Mulan Rouge, right? The musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, Mulan Rouge. Yeah, come yeah. what may, but. But actually, yeah, but yeah. Before, before I, I know. Thank you for that that uh, very 
uh, that the summary of a very, very long speech. Uh, but generally, what's your understanding of the purpose of the May Day Rally? Um, I'm, okay, so I I think because okay, May Day is Labor Day, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember the origins of Labor Day, but it, it has to do with a day to, to highlight, to, I wouldn't say highlight, I mean, a bit of highlighting, a bit of celebrating like labor, the labor mm. force. Um, yeah. And NTUC feels like it is, I mean, it's the biggest union in Singapore and they mm. are the, the representatives of the labor force. So May Day, the May Day rally is just to, to fucking get everyone exciting, excited about the future and work and allay any concerns. Mm. Apart from that, mm. I don't know. Do you know any other fun facts? I mean, uh, you know, the yeah, the speech is a very is a rallying cry, right? Mm. To to bring all the the la- the the labor movement together alongside al- align the labor movement alongside what the government is doing as well. I think the whole tri- tripartite system in Singapore mm. is quite unique in that sense. Uh, it's a very very close uh, working relationship between governments, unions, and and employers. Uh, but yeah, I'd be interested. Actually, I don't know this, but I'd be interested to find out who, what the demographics of uh, of the people at the, who were present in the audience were, You know, there were about thousand four hundred people, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a big crowd, and you know that's why it's like a big rally, right? But uh, yeah, how many of it was employers versus you know, uh, uh, unionists, and then all that, lah. Mm. Um, but that aside, that aside, I think the the focus, a lot of the focus of it was yeah la, on Lawrence Wong's speech and what that spells for the rest of the world, and and, and in particular that part about BTO prices la. Yeah, you see that snippet. Yeah, that snippet really got picked on by all the news agencies and all la, when they put uh when they put the snippets up on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, just to to uh, close off what I mentioned just now about the origins of Labor Day, right? So basically, Labor Day it is an annual holiday to celebrate the achievements of workers. Um, it has its origins in the labor union movement, um, and specifically the eight-hour day movement, um, which which came about uh in in the in the in the ninth. The, yeah, so okay, it's it's, it's not in Singapore, la, It's not Singapore. No, in general, in general, in general, la, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, But basically, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. not all countries have it on first of May, but it's mm. a lot of public holidays. A lot of them have public holidays, and it is to celebrate the achievement of workers, la. But yes, mm. um, going back to, I mean, so as you listen to it and read it, any any thought, uh, the thoughts that came to mind or not? Were you were you mm. rallied up or not, brother Terence? Were you rallied up? No, I wasn't. I wasn't part of that brotherhood, that red shirt, red polo shirt wearing brotherhood, mm. But uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's just a pretty interesting time to be, yeah, giving this speech, Because there is a lot of uh, there's been a lot of debate about housing prices, about the cost of living, about the sustainability of you know rent in Singapore, even forcing out. Uh, you know, in recent weeks, even news, international news agencies like Al Jazeera and all have written articles about Singapore expats being forced out because of high rents in our country. Mm. So it's not, I don't think it's just Singaporeans who, you know, listen, need to listen to this and sort of get a better sense of how the government is, is thinking of about all these things. Uh, but yeah, I think internationally there is a lot of uh, attention 
about how what the perception is of you know rising costs and, and rents in Singapore and the business environment in Singapore, right? Because mm. if, if Singapore is not a if there's a lot of people leaving mid especially mid level expatriates and you know, all leaving the country because of rents because of uh, the cost of living and you know, all uh it's hard to you know uh promise a lot of uh investment from overseas and all that in this media rally speech right yeah, yeah so yeah i mean in the sense when i listen to this speech um a little bit a, a little bit like uh Worrying, because it, it does seem like, uh, especially when it comes to talking about the BTO prices and all that, um, yeah, it just feels like an over-optimistic over, over uh, view, talk, uh, view about household incomes versus the cost of, cost of uh, BTO flats and things like that, lah, you know, mm. in terms of the, the, the math that he used as well. We can go a bit into that, but well, how about you? What, what do you feel when you listen to to the contents of this uh, speech. Uh, I mean, I I did... Like, okay, if you listen to him, he is a good orator, right? He, mm. You listen to him, he doesn't come off like a douche and in some way, that call to action of, you know, we will never be able to compete uh, on the, the money level with the big boys like, like Germany investing mm. 10 billion with Intel... Um, which apparently is double what the Ministry of Trade and Industry in Singapore will invest in our entire economy. And just saying mm. that the only way we'll stay ahead is, you know, innovation, the gumption, the ingenuity. I mean, in some way, I think, yeah, like that, that is a good call to action. And I did feel a bit like, hmm, okay. Feels like, yeah, like it's tough times, but, but we will pull through. But apart from that, it just, it was just a reminder of the reality of things. Like, um, I think it's mm. something that over the course of this year, I think a lot of people are feeling the heat. Um, and a lot of it is anchored in the thing that, that has been the hot topic, including for this, like, you know, the housing prices. So, mm. I don't know, mm. reading it, I was like, oh, fuck. Um, the, the next few months, the, of course, it's an exciting time. You know, technology is, is booming, is, is buzzing. AI this, AI that. COVID is like mm. past us. But yeah, it, it felt a little like by the end of reading it, I was like, "Oh, uh, it's gonna be tricky, man. It's gonna be tricky." So that's what I left off with, uh. and of course, the housing thing. The housing thing, I know I read it. Uh, then I was like, "It sounds good when he says it." Like, "Oh, I was like, oh," but then yeah, like, after you think about the math, which we we can get into, it felt mm. like, "Oh shit." Um, yeah, even that feels like a bit a bit too too nonchalant, la. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, To that, to that point about the foreign investment, and every country, you know, especially like European or more developed economies, they used to outsource every fucking thing, right? They used Mm. to outsource things to lower cost centers. Now, trying to bring back manufacturing and all these things uh, back to the economies, I think, uh, yeah, in the larger scheme, that that makes sense, right? Because in the last few years, the uh, with COVID and the supply chain crunch, uh, I think developed economies have realized that hey, there is a strategic importance to keep some of these mm. in uh, manufacturing industries in your own country. Yeah. so like, I mean, Intel. He he spoke about the example of Intel in Germany. So yeah, I mean, I did a bit of reading up about that. Uh, I think it's still in. It's not a, a done deal, but it's still negotiations. But it's been announced that yeah, like, East there's this place in East Germany that Intel is looking at. Building a, a, a one of the the biggest factories like the the sites for the semiconductors like right, mm. uh, and the the main sticking point in choosing a place is about public subsidies. Huh? 
So yeah, yeah fact check complete. Lawrence Wong didn't. He's not exaggerating or anything. It is true that uh, yeah, companies are looking at what kind of subsidies they can get in order to set up the factories around that. Mm. Uh, so that's that's a, a real issue. Um, but yeah, it, it, and that's the, the the thing that um stood out to me a bit lah. That you know the if you look at the recent news articles and even my own interactions with uh, uh expats, you know, professionals who are living in Singapore now, right? Mm. Uh, the cost of living is a real issue lah. You know, rent mm. is a real issue and and things like that. So. And those are the those are the reasons that they don't they don't want to stay in Singapore. Everything else they love, they love in Singapore. They love the weather, they love the food, they love the convenience, they love they love the safety, the education, and everything. But the cost of living really is like a big thing for them to to want to move out of Singapore. And this corroborated by the stuff like I report, like I said, was reported in Al Jazeera and other news outlets, right? Mm. Um. Yeah, so you know, I, I didn't. I don't think I heard a lot about those kind of things in terms of trying to keep keep uh, foreign investment uh, alive here, lah, Right, mm-hmm. and that's what makes me worry. That is it. That it's they don't think that there's an issue or there's not a priority to address or, or what, lah, You know, uh, and then I mean, at the end of the day, the BTO price issue it does affect rental issues in Singapore, lah, Right, the rent, the cost of rent as well. Mm. So the fact that the BTO issue was brought up, but it was again, you know, brought up with uh, the mathematics that seems to seems to say, hey, it's not a, it's not really a problem. Um, that kind of worries me a little bit, lah. That that uh, there's that there there's a lot more uh, so called um, PR going on about the the housing price issue or the rental uh, the rise in rents issue, than rather than really like trying to tackle the issue uh, uh, head on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, the rising cost of yeah living, but even for companies, right? Because um, there is now the new initiative that corporate tax rates around the world must be a minimum of 15%. Um, mm. While previously, I believe um, uh, for Singapore, there were ways companies can get concessionary tax rates of 5 to 10% for the first 3 or 5 years if they qualify for certain things. Lah. So, mm. I know even speaking anecdotally to other friends who are based abroad but incorporate their companies in Singapore, Singapore's corporate tax rate has been quite attractive. Lah. But if the minimum across, like I think 136 countries is now going to be 15%, then we mm. lose that competitive edge there. Um, mm. And then like what you said, you know, like the rising cost, um, it, it, it does impact. And I mean, sometimes I think, you know, like, oh, but rising costs, okay lah. Like a few people, you leave, you leave lah. But then, uh, I think, yeah, if there's if there's a exodus of talented people, that's never good lah, right? Mm. That's mm. never good for, and, and I think it's hard to kind of understand it because it feels like, okay, you know, there are always talented people around. But I think that's one of the things that maybe when you are at a bird's eye view, you have an overview of economies and a lot of data to back it up. If there's a brain drain, things will suffer. So mm, then, mm. then when he says the call to action, you know, for Singapore to, to be ingenious and all that, I mean, that's a great call to action, but it's also, oh, that's a that's a tough thing. I, the, the one thing he said that's tangible is that they're investing in infra- infrastructure. So Changi Airport, Terminal 5, the Tuas port, so that mm. it's we still have that competitive edge, that unique advantage. So I mean, 
just as a layperson, that feels like, okay, that makes sense. Whereas ingenuity and gumption is so intangible, right? And if people are feeling squeezed already, then go space for ingenuity, man. Yeah, yeah. And that comes with confidence as well, right? That, you know, I think he brought examples of uh, mid-career switches for professionals, right? Yeah. And and how, you know, some people after 20 years of workforce, they went back and took a diploma and then they came back and they got a, a promotion within their own company. I mean, that comes with the confidence thinking that, you know, upskilling or, or or getting educated, getting more education will actually help your career and all that, right? Mm. So, uh, I think that that's the crucial part that, that really needs to be addressed now, right? The confidence in the economy, confidence in the the next the next steps of for Singapore as well, but so so, I mean, since we we jumped around a bit, like what about the the BTO pricing example? Well, what about that? Uh, stood out to you? Eh? I mean, at first, when basically he said that uh, the he has said many times before his his cabinet has said before that the BTO prices remain affordable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he he said, okay, he he will uh reiterate one more time mm. and then he goes into a bit of math where he was saying okay so let me see here. Uh, one specific concern that people have is housing main problem um, this year alone we are completing 20,000 flats um, some still worry about affordability of HDB where he quoted meet- one meeting with a union leader like, who told him that in the 80s a four room flat was only 40,000 but now BTO prices are more expensive if this trend continues, how will my children afford their homes in the future? I think that's something that even people who are starting their their life as a family, you know, are facing right now, you know. Mm. Um, and so so he, he pleaded with us to not just look at the headline price of the BTO. Consider how the price relates to income. The sticking point came up was when he said, okay, in the 80s, the price of a four-room BTO flat in a new town indeed was around 40000 and the mm. median household income was around 900. Mm. And a typical household would use about a quarter of their income to service the loan. Mm. And then he compared it with the situation today. Four-room flat in a non-mature estate, so a new town like Bukit Batok, recently launched. It's about 350000 so prices have risen almost 10 times. But the mm. median household income, according to him, has also risen 10 times, from 900 mm. to 9000 mm. So by that logic, BTO prices have, in fact, moved in tandem with incomes. And this does not even take into account the grants that go up to like $80,000 for first-timers. Mm. So, and that, yeah, typical household now continues to use less than 25% of their income. Many people use CPF, so there's no out-of-pocket. And he concludes, uh, so brothers and sisters, affordable and accessible public housing, like access to first-rate education and healthcare will always be a key part of our social compact in Singapore. So when I heard mm. that, I was like, oh, okay, the math kind of makes sense. But then, thankful to like Reddit and other forums, people start going down into the math. Mm. Um, but when mm. you heard that, was it already like, eh, that doesn't make sense? No, no, no. I think uh, the TLDR version is that housing prices have gone up 10 times, but median household income has also come up 10 times. Uh, yeah, right? that's his. That's the crux of his argument, uh, right? Yeah. Um, but I think the the one part about it that stood out to me, stood out to me was that I think uh, household income, as it was measured before, is very different from how household income is measured today, la. And, and namely because uh, last time, I think, uh, of course, I don't have the stats from me, but I'm I'm pretty sure that last time, 
median household income was primarily there was a single breadwinner within the family, like usually mm. within a household. And now more more often than not, uh, it's usually dual income households, like, right? Yeah. So it's both uh, assuming nuclear family, both um, mother and father uh, working to provide uh, for their household income, lah. And so is it, you know, I think rather than think about household income, if we look at the the just median, you know, uh, per capita income, uh, the, their statistics probably quite different, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the moment I re- like someone pointed that out online, I was like, "Hey, actually, that's true." Uh. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Again, I don't have the data, but I mean, anecdotally, my mom, um, a lot of my family relatives of that generation, it was a sole uh income bread, sole breadwinner, uh, mm, which mm. which then means that okay, uh, your kids uh can be taken care of by the other parent. Maybe you don't need to get a helper, um, mm. and it all impacts a lot lah. And then yeah, if you if you think about it, if median household income nine thousand, let's say there are more dual income households, means each person on average earns about four point five K lah, which which sounds I think about the what I've heard is the median income in Singapore per capita. Mm, mm, and then mm, median mm. is also the fiftieth percentile, right? Yeah, correct. So it's not the average. It's not the average, but I mean yeah, I think it's it's a better measure. Of where things are at yeah, the average. Average, now, right? average would be shit. La. Yeah, with Dyson, with James be, Dyson moving yeah. here and all. <laughs> the average is very skewed. La. Yeah. With all the billionaires buying GCBs, the average is very skewed. Yeah. Yeah. So so when when you think about it that way, then you're like and that was just one of the things that uh people pointed out. Um there's mm. also the other mm. thing about how the public flats used to be bigger. Again, mm. no Correct. stats, but anecdotally, mm. I think in general most people would agree la, that a three-room flat yeah. for a new BTO project now is a lot smaller than what it used to be. Yeah, um, yeah correct. And then also the possibility that people are settling down later and getting mm. moving out of their parents' places later, which means they are further mm. down in their careers, which means they are... That also brings up the median income. La. Mm. Mm-hmm. Household income, the median household income. Ah, yeah, median household income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then... Yeah, right. also with, with BTOs and, and the, the time taken. I mean, on, on that note, when he was saying, you know, like the BTO projects are being rushed, I mean, that one is fucking clear. La, like the amount of development mm. that's going around, right? And yeah. just a shout out yeah. to anyone working in construction who is out there right now working their asses off in the heat. La. Doubling oh, down. La. Yeah. Holy shit, man. Like every time I yeah. come out and I'm just like sweaty in my kitchen and all, then I look out the window and I see these people with helmets, vests, and just fucking going at it. And I'm like, oh my mm. god, these people are are heroes, man. So, mm, mm, mm. so yeah. So shout out to them for Labor Day, Shout out to them for Labor Day, man. Shout out to them for Labor Day. So I mean, if there's a way you can be nice to them, like just be polite, get them a drink. I don't know, man. Just. Just like fucking, it's crazy, man. And they're working at night. Or no, buy them a, buy them a what do you call it? A, a flying fox ride on Sentosa, la. right? Because mm, because mm. that's what we did. Get before to explain on the Labor context Day. in our terms. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean yeah, yeah. Shout out to yeah, like I mean not shout out. I mean if people know us from our history as YouTubers, there was one year for Labor Day we did a uh, we interviewed some uh you know uh foreign foreign laborers who, you know, were working in Singapore and, and missing their families. And yeah, we took them out to do something special in Sentosa. 
uh, and that was a pretty cool video that I think uh, we like to revisit every now and then, lah, right? Especially during around May Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, we did have a good conversation uh, at the start of the video, lah, Terence. We didn't just like, hey, you all come, yes, yes, yes. let's go to Sentosa. <laughs> have a flying fox ride. Hey, your your yeah. life is a lot better, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, 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 no. All no. I can say is watch the video, yeah, to understand the context. Uh. Okay, yeah. la, we can put the link in the show notes. La. I think that's one of our yeah, most yeah, popular videos also. We should, we should, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so then when you look at it, then you're like, oh, wait. Uh, I mean, of course, on Reddit, some people were like, oh, you know, this is a brilliant sleigh of hand and like, you know, this is the sneakiness and all. Uh, but I think it's one of those things that when you look at a number, it sounds sounds about right when you dig deeper and that's why when, when looking at that and even thinking about it on my own, I, it's not just some speculative like conspiracy theory. Then I think about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, we are in a, we're in a tricky time. Uh. We're in a tricky time. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And now, now one question I started to ask people of like different generations, right, is like, if you could be born in any decade, what decade would you choose? Mm-hmm. Uh, because of course, like for younger people, they wouldn't have lived in older decades. But I've been quite surprised by some of the answers, like like the generation above us or our parents and all. Most of them tend to be like, okay, la, I like being born in the 70s. The 80s, 90s mm. were great. Some younger people who were born maybe in the 2000s or 90s would also want to be born in the 70s or 80s. Because mm. um, you hear so many things about the golden years or 90s where you know the world generally was happy, there was more order. I don't know, man. But... But, but I mean, that, that's also with the... The hindsight, la, right? Yeah, exactly, of, the hindsight. So it's a bit different because it's that kind of like, oh, I wish I invested in Apple stock in yeah. the 80s or 90s. Like, you know, like yeah. even $1, I'll be a millionaire or billionaire and all that, right? And, and I think so, every, so it's, yeah. it's one of those things where, you know, when you're growing up that time, you wouldn't you wouldn't know. Like, you'd also be worried about things like getting wiped out by a nuclear war and things like that as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I mean, as you grow up, life gets more complicated. So I think everyone mm. reminisces about the time when they are younger where life was simpler. But I don't know. Maybe maybe kids these days, even the people who are born in the twenty tens or two thousands, they also like, they also are like, you know what, seventies, eighties sounds good. I don't know. I don't mm. know. I'm just gonna start. The music was great. The more. music was great. You can't you can't deny, the music was uh very uh, interesting and experimental from that period. But Terence, now yeah. the music got like like uh, fuck. I don't K-pop, even know what's uh. the latest. Yeah, K-pop. No, <laughs> now got K-pop. No, Blackpink, <laughs> BTS, G Dragon. Um, Surprise! And, it's it's just it's just the same music but in different language or so. Oh, Terence, the K-pop yeah. army is gonna shit on you, man. Just for yeah, that one yeah, comment. Yeah. Good luck, Terence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it's it's, it's true, lah. There are a lot of things in the seventies and eighties that even for even for us, like, right? I mean, born in the eighties and all, we mm. definitely look back with a, a lot of nostalgia. But yeah, lah, would you would you want to return to that entirely? I'm not sure, lah. Yeah. Well, I don't know whether people born in the two thousand and twenty tens, they're like, wow. Only could be born in the nineties, you know that kind. Of, so every generation is looking back like yeah. one generation prior. Yeah, 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 yeah. Correct, correct. Yeah. So I mean, it's just I guess reading that speech is just a reminder that okay, uh, feels like the year is is not gonna. It's there's gonna be some tough times ahead before we. Mm. I don't know. Or is this a new world? There will never be a time when the whole world is like progressing together. Uh yeah, I don't know, man. Like every, I, I think every generation has its has its challenges. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it'd be quite interesting to see. I uh, this leadership transition and everything going on, they're dealing with very complex, like uh, geopolitical issues, that Right? Uh, yeah. aren't so aren't so black and white as before, really, Right? Where you're talking about cold war and then 
capitalism versus communism and things like that. Yeah. It's and, much more complex than that. Uh. Yeah. And I mean, he did point out certain things which are true. Uh, you know, like you're saying the inequality we see in other countries can must never reach like like breaking point. Uh. Like, you know, the, the protests in France um, mm-hmm. and the civil wars in other countries, the Russia-Ukraine war. So I think, yeah, we are the, what's the word? The precipice, is it? Precipice. Precipice of like some some potential shit going down. La. So we just got to be Got to be wary, lah. Got yeah. to be wary. But then again, I would say that that you could say say that of almost any point of time in history, or so, lah. Right? Uh, you know, there are all these declarations that oh, the end of the Cold War is the end of like is the is the time the of global peace, clock, and, la, right? the yeah, the end the end of end of history and everything, lah. Then after that, it was like nine eleven and terrorism was the next big thing, and then pandemic came around and said, "Hold oh, my beer" and all these kind of things, you know. So. Every generation has its challenges. I would, yeah, all I would say is, yeah, like, this generation is just, it's very complex like, because they're dealing with a lot of information and, uh, you know, uh, much more globalized uh, competition and workforce and all these things yeah. that, that, that aren't as easy to solve already. Like, and yeah. you just have more access to info. Like. Now something happens in Congo or Colombia, you can read about it in detail. Last time, where, sir? Yeah? Last time, yeah. you were keeping track of like, yeah. local news was damn hard. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. But yeah, I mean, uh, the, uh, these are these are the real bread and butter issues that affect the uh, everyone, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, but even our our next topic comes. It's a lot closer to 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 home, but it also has the same themes about uh about bread and butter issues and 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 sort sort of uh exclusivity or, or or maybe some exclusion involved in mm. you know uh, keeping one group of people out from another from another from one place in Singapore that is a bit more exclusive and what is yeah. this big topic about um it is the discovery or announcement that for a certain condo uh, uh called Wampo East condo uh i mean eight river suites it's at Wampo mm. East um, they have effectively imposed a ban where food delivery riders mm. can no longer enter or park within the compounds. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and apparently, uh, from an organization that you know represents riders and all that, they're saying that bans and restrictions on delivery vehicles are getting more commonplace, la, Which means that yeah. that riders now have to park outside and walk in and walk back out. Um, in the face, I mean, amidst uh, condo managers just being unhappy at, um, you know, certain riders parking at places where they shouldn't park, uh, and not mm. listening to instructions, mm. la. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but you know, the you know, fun fact is that this this, Wampo East Eight River Suites, is also it's not the first time it's in like the news or international news. Eh. Oh, is it? Uh, I I don't even remember a few like a few years ago. I think in twenty nineteen, there was that condo resident who verbally abused the security guard, uh, because I think that the condo resident parked in an illegal spot at a drop off mm. point or something, mm. and then uh, and then I think I I I think he said something about I I buy a fucking property for one point five million dollars or something oh. like that, and uh, it got it was filmed and put online and. It, yeah, it became an international incident in the sense that even South China Morning Post uh, talked about it and all. Uh. So this is that same famous condo, infamous condo where, where it happened. Uh. 
And now, I, I thought it was quite uh, funny that it's in the news again. Lah. But this time over, you know, uh, banning delivery riders. But, but it seems like a lot of uh, issues about uh, inequality and all that seem to be seem to be happening at this hotspot, uh, this condo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What is going on in Wampo East, man? Yeah, yeah. What is going on in Wampo East? I mean, I've driven by the place uh, before. Uh, one thing I would say is that it's it's situated, the the entrance to the condo and everything is situated right next to, to a to an area of quite heavy traffic lah, right? Mm. Uh, quite it's a quite tight uh turn, but with a lot of traffic passing through that is going towards the expressways, the major expressways, PIE, the access to CTE, is just round the corner from there lah, right? Mm. So there's a lot of heavy traffic there, and I can understand. I can understand why, uh, you know, the issue of uh, delivery riders blocking traffic or anything like that in the area uh, can cause a lot of stress, lah, right? Whether it's to the condo security or the the management mm. within the condo, lah, yeah. Yeah, and so so that that's something probably you can only appreciate when you actually go to a condo and see because it, it is different from like a let's say a condo that's, you know, in a corner of a housing estate or something like that, where there's a bit less human uh, less human and less uh, vehicular traffic. La. Yeah. Mm. This one and feels I mean, like a much more stressful environment. Yeah, and uh, like also the the discussion of like condo, that condo management and where drivers, uh, riders can park has been an ongoing thing actually. Like um, mm. at first, I think there were a lot of complaints because it lo- also looks like a big condo, uh, mm, condo mm, compound, mm. La, right? Mm-hmm. Um and apparently there were near misses of of accidents where the delivery riders were going against uh the flow of traffic just to get closer to a particular unit and then they designated some parking spots for food delivery riders which apparently some food delivery riders didn't follow so that has all culminated in this ban la. but mm-hmm. when you when you were reading this right like uh what what, what were you feeling brother Terence um. I, I I guess it's uh for me it's just a, a mat- more a matter of the the infrastructure uh you know is is still trying to catch up with all the new trends in town right because for example remember at one point like um bike sharing was a big deal in Singapore right mm. and then there were all those issues about people uh indiscriminately parking their bikes. Uh, even disposing of bikes in random places and and like throwing them and in, into you know into rivers and 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 reservoirs and all that lah, right? Mm. Uh, and it seems to be and that caused a lot of uh anger amongst the general public, but there seems to be a bit more um acceptance and awareness that okay these uh bike sharing services are here to stay, and now you you go around bus stops and all you'll see a lot more like yellow boxes and stuff like that where people are are told to park the bikes and all that, right? So the yeah, infrastructure yeah. has kind of caught up with what, with how the changing, changing human human behaviors have have, have happened. Uh. But for food delivery, I guess it's it's yeah, it's a case where you know at, at first it was just it was a lot a lot of people doing on PMDs, uh, right? Uh, electronic yeah, yeah. Uh, PMDs. But now PMDs in recent years have been banned, so now it's all e bikes or motorcycles and all. Uh, and those take up a lot more space and they need more parking space, lah, which I think you know, a lot of condos haven't caught up with. Huh? That's why there's, yeah. this, uh, there's this divide. Lah. And, and this is also one of those things because I know just from visiting 
uh, friends who or family who live in condo, certain condo security can be very, very tight, very anal. Mm. Some are like you just walk in with confidence, you can you can enter lah. So yeah, yeah. so the thing about this, like what you said, you know that that um certain things have caught up with this 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 trend that is now here to stay. It's part of our society, part of the workforce. But mm. in this case, it feels like yeah, like a few bad players, um, kind of make life difficult for for all of them. So I can mm. see mm. where the condo management is coming from. Can see where the riders are coming from. Um, and that's why I don't know whether Grab or this food delivery app should also be involved in some way, lah. Because and I see mm. that because, I mean, ultimately for the riders, I can imagine it sucks, lah, especially in this kind of heat. And especially yeah. for a uh, for a role where you want to deliver more so that you can earn more, lah, right? But you yeah. have to get off, yeah. walk like fucking like a few hundred meters, go up, come back. It really takes time. Um, mm. But mm. then the condo also there's a there's what you call it. If the residents are complaining, if it is an inconvenience, it is a real problem, lah. So whether or not yeah. the the platforms themselves, let's say for certain condos, there's a higher fee. Just I don't mm. know. Uh, and how that the higher be, fee? What do you mean? Oh, you mean for delivery? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. The people yeah. living there, they're like, "Hey, why the fee so high?" Uh? <laughs> then, then the platform is say, "Yeah, but it's your condo management that mandated mm-hmm. this because your fellow residents complain." Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, I don't know whether it's on because we had this similar discussion when the PMD ban was going right. It's like these these platforms they enable all these jobs, which is great, but can they just wash their hands clean of all the issues that arise after that, lah? Mm-hmm. Correct, correct. You know, very true. So, so I, uh, I, I don't know. Like, uh, it's it's tricky, man. It's tricky. Is this is like a true yeah. yalabat, yalabat topic? Much more than the first. Yeah, because yeah, as much as the yeah, some residents might be complaining about safety or the the you know indiscriminate parking of this of these food delivery riders, right? Mm. Uh, at the same time, if they if they end up having to park very far away and having to walk very far to your condo. By the time the food gets to you, it's probably cold or, or it's melted in the heat. You definitely can't order ice cream, lah, right? So anyone that ate River Sweets, like, yeah, don't order ice cream because you know that there's those issues. You'll get your ice cream will be melted by the time it arrives. Uh, mm. Yeah, so that also is a detriment to, to their own lifestyle, lah, right? You want your food to come as quickly and as freshly as possible. Uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a balance. Lah. But I, I, what I also say is that, yeah, lah, some... I guess there are, there are residents who will be very very particular about about uh you know state of cleanliness or the orderliness within their condos, mm. and uh, they they can also be the the, the most vocal complainers like, right yeah and a lot of times it's usually the 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 most vocal ones who end up getting their way right mm. uh, the ones who complain was the most the most like like what you say anal ones. So maybe maybe people within the condo, if you really did a straw poll, like most of them actually wouldn't mind. But it's always that there are one or two that always like uh you know get get push their agenda and their way through la and yeah. get everything bad. And they probably don't even use food delivery la. That's 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 my guess la. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's why like if the platform kind of puts it down that okay, your delivery fees are higher because some of your condo mates made a complaint. We can't do mm, anything. Mm. Then you, yeah. you push the fight to them. La. You're like, okay, now you yeah. all go sort it out. You all go sort yeah. it out. And then the condo it's like management... The, yeah. 
That's like the army like that lah. Like, oh, you know, one of y'all did something wrong, so <laughs> yeah, everybody correct, correct. go and knock yeah. it down and do push up lah. Yeah, yeah. You're going to find out and tell me who come and admit to me who is the one who did it, did the yeah. wrong thing. <laughs> and that works fucking well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy, come on, come forward. Just say, just say it's okay. Yeah, yeah the <laughs> when everyone is in push up position, right? Then the instructor yeah. saying, "Never mind, nobody want to admit, right?" Yeah. Nobody want to admit. <laughs> I remember in school when one time my class, we were playing with a football in the class, someone kicked the ball out and then it almost yeah. hit a car downstairs. Then the discipline master came to our class. He made us all stand. He said, who kicked the ball? And no one admitted. He was like, okay, Ken, we will all stand here and wait for the ball to move itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this, exactly. The good old days, the good old days of, of, uh, of, of, of corporal punishment in schools. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, exactly. The true test of comradeship and brotherhood. You know, one person fucks up, everyone suffers. Yeah. So, so kids, so if you, you want to grow up in the seventies and eighties, those are the kinds of things that you have to deal with. Uh, you know, like like physical yeah, exactly. punishments with your friends in school. Emotional right? blackmail, yeah. guilt tripping. <laughs> um but that's what makes society what it is. <laughs> and yeah. that's why maybe the the people um uh, who who build these platforms or enforce certain things need to adopt that sort of mentality. One condo mm. uh, resident or one resident makes noise, fine. Everybody suffer, and yeah. then see what everybody suffers. Yeah, yeah. everybody suffers. Yeah. In in army, I think in before our generation, maybe some generation there was what's the term? Uh, blanket, uh, blanket is it? Blanket party. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they cover Where's, you with a blanket and then they just whack they you, you la, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I, did you did you did that actually ever happen to anyone that you know in army like like personally? Not uh, not in totally. Not personally, not personally. Not personally. Yeah, yeah. I you, never. You know? I think my time. I, I never heard of it. My time already, lah. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can imagine it happening, lah. But but for those uninformed, uh, basically, when the platoon or someone wants to target one person, the stories we used to hear is that at night they were all gang up, put a blanket over that person, and everyone just kicks the shit out of him because yeah. it's like it's like anonymous beating, lah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now anonymous you hide behind beating. a face. To put shitty comments. Last time you hide yeah. behind a blanket to punch someone in the face. Yeah, yeah. And then there was that thing about because they used to issue soap soap bars, right? Yeah, to soldiers. yeah, correct, correct. So the story is that soldiers would use those soap bars and put them in their socks and use those as like uh as weapons uh, to to whack yeah, person. There's a lot more there's a lot more talk and momentum when you when you swing a sock loaded with a soap bar like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. So the good so old days are the good yeah, old days. <laughs> these are the takeaways that we came out of army with, you know, yeah. like guilt tripping, you know, like making everyone suffer for the fuck ups of one person. Oh, Emotional lifelong lessons, all lifelong things. lessons, lifelong lessons. Lifelong yeah, lessons. <laughs> that that speak that yeah, like what you said, like Generations seem to want to return to like, right? Yeah, people. <laughs> but then now cannot. Everyone use liquid soap. Then how? Mm. Right. Mm. So liquid already soap. that one cannot. You put liquid soap in a sock, what the hell will happen? It'll just be a foam party. No, no, no. But, but with this, the whole, you know, like recycling culture and everything coming uh, back, uh, no, a lot of house, households oh, bar, are soap, uh. changing back to soap bars. Yeah. In fact, I've also moved back to soap bars already. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I can, you know, if you want to blanket party, we can we can do it lah. I have, have I have to soap. go to. You have to check first lah. Eh, kosoba, kosoba. You don't. Eh, fuck lah, bro. Let's talk about sustainability. Eh, you know? Bro, we push we up, fucking push walk. Them. Yeah, you don't walk enough lah. You don't eat sobas lah. Yeah. yeah, you want to beat this guy up, but please, can you think about Mother Earth or not? Huh? Mm. You still using liquid soap? Here are yeah. ten reasons why you should move to bar soap. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's quite, quite actually just off tangent. It's quite interesting discussion because I think I was reading somewhere on some Reddit thread recently about what the toilets are like in BMT. You know, mm. so why I understand now the, the the thing that blew my mind is that there are heaters now in the BMT toilets, water really? heaters. Yeah, so no more like last time it was just like you just shower in whatever cold cold water, all right. Now there are heaters. Where you switch them on, you leave them oh. on for a while, then you you get hot water. Wow! Yeah. Then now I can need, I can need, sound needs like needs to be corroborated. Uh, I'm not I'm not 100 sure if that's true, but needs to, uh I mean it sounds logical, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, now but, I got yeah. one one nephew cousin in law who's in army, and every time mm. I hear the stories, I'm like during my time, you know, like blah blah. blah. I become uncle already. Yeah, yeah. I become yeah, full, yeah. Uncle, right, yeah. full uncle. Full uncle. Full uncle. Full uncle. Full uncle. But yeah, it's a. Uh, Tricky issue, lah. This this right the delivery rider versus control. Yeah, tricky issue. Mm, that's right. Especially now with this heat, uh, I tell you, wow, eh, the sympathy for for anyone in like uh in delivery and stuff like that, or just working mm. outdoors. Wow, yeah. crazy man, crazy. Yeah. So much more. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So you know, I think it's a good time to talk about uh something positive, which is uh yeah. Yeah. What is your one shot thing of this last week, uh, right? The one shot comment. Oh, sorry. One shot comment. One shot comment. One shot comment. One shot comment. Uh, hmm. I mean, the one shot comment was uh, something on the Bro- the the saga, the Brooklyn saga, which we did. Hmm. Um, hmm. Let me just pull up the comment. Hmm. Oh my God. Uh, okay. So it was Yalabat 392. Mm. And basically, there was someone, uh, internet lurker ninety six again, long time commenter, um, who was saying that oh, you know, as we were talking about plagiarism by a human, it would be interesting to talk about uh plagiarism with, from the perspective of using AI lah, uh, yeah. GPT, whether it's considered plagiarism. Um, I mean, it's an interesting thought, but but like what I think you responded that even the Brooklyn saga was such a rabbit hole, right? That it took up so much time, but this AI thing is going to continue to be to be debated. Like, I think the latest thing in the news is that one of the fathers of AI recently left Google because he himself is is a bit worried uh, about the negative consequences. Like. So, mm, mm. so yeah. So maybe last time we were trialing, you know, that podcast uh, NFT with Bubble Tea when NFT was the rage. Maybe now we should do yeah. AI with something. AI, yeah. AI <laughs> with... <laughs> we just use ChatGPT to do a full podcast. Like every every podcast is just scripted by ChatGPT. No, just scripted. You can. I mean, we'll use AI yeah, you, to recreate our voices for it, like, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. So that was uh, yeah. that was my one shook comment. What about what about you? Uh, my one shook comment was not something on our social media, but uh, I think on the Reddit, the ask ask Singapore Reddit, uh, mm. subreddit, mm. there was a question: Which Singaporean YouTube channel do you enjoy watching most, and why? Uh, so yeah, I I first got got a uh, wind of this because one of our yeah listeners actually uh, tagged Yalabat, you know, just just tagged our subreddit Yalabat. Uh, so yeah, thanks for thanks for doing that. I I think it's uh, I can't remember who. I think it was uh, it's one of our long time listeners uh, But I cannot recall, or at least I try to see where it is now. I can't find. Oh, they put that it particular on. comment. They put it on on our Reddit. No, no, no. It's a. Uh, 
It's on the Ask Singapore subreddit lah. Oh, Ask Singapore, yes, yes. yes but it's yes. not anything. It's not. It's, oh yeah, it's but then ho, but then ho. Oh, has, but then ho. Uh, just tagged us. So um, I, I think it's uh, it's nice to be mentioned in the same breath as, as uh other other YouTube channels and all. Although the, the truth is, we don't really post that much on YouTube anymore, lah. Right. Yeah. But also interesting, in, interesting thread because uh, a lot of people actually love uh cna documentaries there's one thing i've, I've realized from reading this mm. uh you know cna does a lot of documentaries now and uh and they just put them out on youtube and yeah it seems like a lot of people are watching cna documentaries and loving them yeah yeah i mean recently also media Corp, I mean, there were a lot of articles saying they won a bunch of awards at festivals if you read cna wins a lot of them <laughs> yeah yeah cna does some good shit man yeah Sweet. Right, interesting. All right. What is what is your one shock thing, man? Uh my one shock thing is uh it's just a uh a clip from a podcast called uh the podcast called Flagrant. I think it, mm. it's uh run by the a couple of comedians who talk about sports and, and comedy. Uh Andrew Schultz and uh what's this what's the other guy's name? I can't remember, Andrew Schultz and Akash Singh. Mm. Um and Mark Gannon, I think. Uh, but they had a recent clip where they got Casey Neistat on the podcast, and basically mm. Casey Neistat uh talked about uh he he was very forthcoming about the uh, if you remember Casey Neistat once had a startup called Beam, yeah, they yeah, eventually yeah, yeah. on paper got sold to CNN for twenty five million USD, yeah. Uh, and uh, because the NDA. Or at least the yeah the non disclosure agreement that Casey Neistat had to not talk about the deal and everything, uh, recently ended. Oh. So he was very candid about a lot of the the ongoings behind that twenty five million dollar acquisition uh, oh, on the podcast. Shit. So, uh, yeah, I think interesting for anyone, uh, reading it to try to understand like how, well, what happened when a uh, this big media organization swallowed uh you know an independent creator one of the top independent creators like Casey Neistat and what and what happened there. So it's a interesting little clip for, for those people interested. Yeah. Oh that's awesome. Okay. Gonna listen to that. So the, I, yeah, the title always uh, what? The title is How Casey Neistat swindled CNN for twenty five million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> funny, I think we've always wondered right what happened. Um, yeah, yeah. But cool, cool. Um yeah. Okay, so my, my one shock thing is somehow I chanced upon this one short clip by BBC which was uploaded like yeah. six years ago. It's titled uh, Lemurs Get High. So mm, it's mm. part of your Spy in the Wild series. I think they set up a bunch of cameras. But this clip is about two minutes, two and a half minutes. It basically explains how lemurs, um, they actually use millipedes as insecticide in the sense that mm. what they do is they pick up these millipedes, they bite off part of the millipedes um, and certain enzymes or, or, or toxins in the millipede um, make them salivate. Uh, mm. So together with their saliva and the toxins from the half-eaten millipede, they rub all that around their body as an insecticide to deter pests. Uh, but the twist is, because it's toxins, they in the process of doing that, they get high. Oh, so, so okay. that's why the video is called Lemurs Get High because you can see them they start they bite you know they're shaking by the end right their like, eyes are glazed over and they're just reaching for one more millipede to do it all over again and the music they use it's fucking dope man I love it wow would that, that work getting... for humans as well would that work for humans I don't know because 
I think animals do have different tolerances for toxins. Maybe mm, it's true. in some way, when when a toxin is a par- uh, paralyzes you, in some way, if you take maybe a smaller dose, it can give you some sort of high or something. So I tell mm, you, the mm. lemurs, it's, it's such a funny video, man. But I mean, smart of them also. Because they really use it as insecticide. So I'm not saying mm. if you are in the jungle anywhere, you pick up a millipede, bite it and rub it over yourself. <laughs> you get protection and you get a good time. No, no, no definitely yeah. not. But yeah, yeah, it was don't try this at home. Don't try this at home. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Cool, All right. cool. All right. Another one uh, in the can. A, another one in the can. Uh, our 400th pod- pod- Yalabot episode is coming out soon also, uh, in about two and a mm. half weeks like that. Mm. Yeah, so, if we should. So we'll see. Yeah, let us know if we should do in something special for it, like AMA or whatever. Although, yeah. although I feel like we've done, we've done AMA, AMA, lot, AMA right? recently already. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Cool, man. All right, thanks for listening, everybody.